This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. Welcome back to Worth Recovery, a podcast featuring women in sex addiction. My name is Amy. I am your host here, and I've been sober since December 2nd of 2012. And I'm excited. It's about today. I feel like uh, the weather recently, being spring right now, is a little bit bipolar. And it's super sunny one day, and then cloudy and rainy the next day, and back and forth. And, uh, I feel like that is, I'm getting dragged into that cycle of like, you know, being super excited for spring and then, oh yeah, it's still winter or it's still spring stormy when I want it to be like spring sunny, but it's okay. I'm learning to to navigate that. But I'm glad to be back here with another episode for you today. This is episode 90 and this is our second part of our interview with Shannon. Shannon is um, recently joined Worth Recovery as our blogger and our social media kind of expert. And I'm excited to bring to you the second part of our interview. So if you remember from the last part of our interview, we were just kind of getting to the space where Shannon was telling us that she had been sober for just about a year, that her and I, we were talking about our relationship and that we'd been attending fellowship meetings together for just about a year. And so we're going to pick up right there where Shannon's going to start talking a little bit more about her, the last year of her recovery, what that's been like, uh, and then also kind of going forward, uh, what her plans are for continuing to blog for us and things like that. So we're really grateful to have Shannon share so much of herself with us and her story with us. Because I, you've heard me say this a million times, and I really, really believe it, that every time I share my story... I heal a little bit more. And every time I hear someone else's story, I also heal a little bit more. And I think that that healing comes because of the recognition that we have so much in common, um, that I can relate to them, that I'm not alone, that our stories are similar. And I can relate to that. I can learn from that. I make better connections in my own life and my own story. I hear things worded in a way that fits for me. And then I'm also able to share that with other people and help them to have that same recognition in their own life when I share my story. And guys, that is so important. That whole idea of connecting with other people is so important. So many of us live lives where we feel so alone. So many people, not just addicts, but so many people live lives where they just feel alone all the time. They might be surrounded by people and yet feel lonely and feel like no one can understand them and feel like no one relates to them, feel like they're unique, that their story is so different that no one will want to listen or be a part of it. And Recovery has given me that gift and that blessing of not feeling so alone, 
that I can pick up the phone, that I can go to a meeting, that I can talk to people, that I can share what's in my heart, that I can bring that inside out and be able to really connect with people. And that is the opposite of an intimacy disorder, right? Those of us that have sex addictions, that intimacy disorder is a big problem for us. And so being able to connect with other people is so important. And I'm so grateful for Shannon and for her willingness to share with us and for the ability that she has to word things in a way that helped me as I was listening to her and talking with her. I made some connections in my own life and I'm grateful for that. So without any more listening to me, you can listen to Shannon. So we'll get back to our interview. Here we go. And uh, tell me about your journey in that year. Right. So, I mean, you were attending a different fellowship and now you're, you're here with us in this, in a different fellowship, which we love, but we try to be very fellowship neutral on this podcast, which is probably why you're like, well, just tell me the fellowship already. I have people that tell me that, but I, I'm trying to be fellowship neutral because I really believe that there's good in all fellowships. Like you and I have attended multiple fellowships and, uh, and I just believe that there is good in all fellowships. And so I don't want to, you know, be like mean to anybody. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. So tell me about your journey this last year. Because you just celebrated two weeks ago your first year of sobriety. I sure did. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So awesome. So tell me about what this first year of sobriety has been like. Tell me about your journey. Oh, girl. Um... A roller coaster ride. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think there, the amount of awareness I feel like I have now versus a year ago is night and day difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I started out very much just reading from cover to cover our 12-step fellowship literature. Mm-hmm. Um, there has been... Once again, a lot of loss and a lot of grieving um, for so many, so many different things. Um, and allowing my, myself the space to feel all those things. I think I have, I'm 39, and I have 39 years of pent-up emotions that I have never felt. Yeah. And um, the unwritten story that I had told myself was emotions are bad, emotions are weak, um, emotions mean that you are giving somebody else a piece of you that you can never get back, hmm. and um, you're allowing them the space to to hurt you, and so... Um, Talk about an intimacy disorder, right? Right. Right, like, I mean, if that's what you believe about emotion, that you're giving it to someone and that they can't... You know, they, you can never take it back. Mm-hmm. And that being emotion or being emotional or being that vulnerable, you know, does open up the ability to be hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's an intimacy disorder to its core. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So what does your, um, so how... Do you work with a sponsor? I do. Okay. An amazing sponsor. How long have you been working with a sponsor? I have been with her since May. And so talk to me a little bit about your sponsorship journey. Like, 
in your other fellowships, you said sponsorship was discouraged. Yes. Right? So did was that hard for you when you got into this program to seek out a sponsor? Um, I think going into it, I thought that a sponsor was supposed to fix everything for me. Like, <laughs> she was the one who was just supposed to tell me how to live my life, and I would just be great. Mm-hmm. Um, and that she was the person I was supposed to go to with every single problem that I had. And I learned very quickly that that is not the role of my sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> that my sponsor is there to help me work the steps, and my support system is there to help me in time of need. And my support system includes my sponsor, and sometimes she has been the one that has been able to reach me. Um, mm-hmm. I know within our fellowship, there's a lot of women that have sponsors that are also within our our group. My sponsor ten, is in a different state, um, and so I don't get to see her very often. Uh, but when I was looking for a sponsor, there was no one here that was really sponsoring, and I feel very much led to her, and she's very... I've told her this many times. She's very zen. She's very, <laughs> like, yeah, just calm and and peaceful. And that is what I needed in my life was calm and peace because I did not have any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was able to get a hold of her through you. Mm-hmm. And um, she has been an amazing asset in my recovery journey. Yeah. We do, um, in this local area, we do a six, every six months we do a women's retreat and we've had people on the podcast before from our women's retreat, but that was super fun. We recorded an episode at the women's retreat a couple years, maybe about a year and a half ago. That was fun. We should do that again this time. Maybe we will. Um, and that's, I know where you kind of met your sponsor for the first time because we had some women that come in from a different state because... I started recovery in Seattle, so some of my friends still come back because they're amazing. And uh, and so, yeah, it was good, good times. Yeah. yeah, and I'll see her again here shortly. Yeah, at our next retreat. It's true, and I'll see her again in July. And yep. yeah, but we do weekly phone calls, um, and she is exactly the person that I needed in my life. Um, very much... Uh, helped me see things about myself mm-hmm. that I was unwilling or unable to see, mm-hmm. um, but could do it in such a gentle way that it wasn't threatening to me. Yeah. Awesome. And you said you were working step four. I am. How's I'm, that going? I am on my resentment list, and I have far too many resentments in my life. <laughs> um. I, 39 years worth. 39 years worth. Right. I think there's a hundred, or sorry, 801 of them. Wow. You were thorough. I'm trying to be. Yeah. 801. That's a lot. Um, so okay. it's a long list. It's taken me a while to, yeah, to, to get work through. through. <laughs> For sure. Okay. Talk, talk to me about your daily kind of recovery program, right? Like what does your recovery program look like? And the reason I want you to talk about that is because one of the things I adore about Shannon, well, there's two things. I mean, there's lots of things, but these two specifically is like, I consider Shannon a total seeker of truth. Like 
she wants to find out everything that there is possible, which mirrors my own like desire to figure out everything in my life and in the lives of others and like just kind of really take in a bunch of knowledge and be able to make sense of things. And so um, you're one of the few people that I feel like in my life that is, is like that, that wants to do that. And I adore that about you. But then also your commitment to like daily spiritual and recovery practice is inspiring to me. So tell us, I, I do, well, it thanks. is. Yeah, you're welcome. So tell us about your day, what does your daily recovery process look like for you? I wake up really, really early in the morning because with a house full of teenagers and young children and work, that's about the only time I have that is quiet. Yeah. So I wake up, the very first thing I do, there um, is an app that I have on my phone that I look at um, that gives me kind of like a daily meditation, something uh-huh. to, to meditate on. So I read that first and then I get in the shower and I do my thing and then I go, we have... We call it the game room at our house, and I go into the game room, and I spend about 45 minutes in there, um, do a little bit of step work, usually, um, do a little bit of reading, do some meditation, um, usually my meditation also includes a little bit of yoga, not yoga for health, but yoga for emotional health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, so I think it just, it. I don't have the same routine of what it is that I actually read every day. It just, I kind of go off of what my meditation has mm-hmm. said for me to do. But it's the consistent wake up at 5.30. It's about 45 minutes. Yeah. And I, I just, I love that because, like, I don't have children in my immediate, like, life or household, right? But I know a lot of women that do, and um, and it's hard to find the time to take care of yourself and do what you need to do for your own recovery in order to, you know, when you have children. I mean, you have a household, four kids, right? Yes. Husband, you have other family members that live with you. Like, like you've got a big household. It's and true. And so, like, that, that dedication to I'm going to do this every day to for my own recovery. How um, how has that impacted you? Because, I mean, you weren't doing that before, right? I was not. Right. Well, I mean, in some ways I was doing parts of that. It mm-hmm. was just not to the same. It was the surface level I was doing it because I wanted other people to see that I was doing something for myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I was checking the boxes and doing these reading scriptures and... Mm-hmm. But it was very much an external, not an internal thing. Um, another thing that has been really helpful for me that I don't do every day, but I try to do most days is journaling. Um, even if it's just a few sentences about something that I've read or something that Mm -hmm. is kind of coming to my mind, that has been a huge, um, part of my recovery journey too. Yeah. And it's something I didn't allow myself space for prior to recovery. Yeah. Awesome. So you have a 12 step fellowship that you go to, you work with a sponsor, you spend about an hour a day, it sounds like, like in your own recovery practice. In the morning, in yeah. In the morning, right? The, I do usually do a meditation before I go to bed, too. Okay. So I guess you could call that an hour. Well, yeah. I mean, you read and then you, you yeah, I, I would say like about an hour. Mm-hmm. And then are you going to therapy? 
I go to therapy. Um, I do individual therapy every week. Okay. I do group therapy every other week. Okay. And marriage therapy every week, too. Okay. So you go to therapy. Yes. A lot. A lot of therapy. A lot of therapy. Right? Therapy's good. I love yeah. therapy. Yes. I will go to therapy the rest of my life. I agree. And I'm I will totally too. totally good with that. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So that's a lot of time. It is a lot of time. It yeah. is. It is a part-time job. It's a part-time job. Yeah. So what I want to know is, you know, you've been a year sober now, right? Mm-hmm. You've been doing these things, going to therapy, all this kind of stuff. So what about your life is different from before, like, you know, before you entered recovery to now? What What's different about your life? Because that's, I mean, that's what we're told, right? We're told, you know, our stories tell us what we used to be like, what happened, and what we're like now. And hopefully that's a positive transition, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times it comes with a lot of emotion, like what you're saying, but how's your life different now from what it was a year or more than a year ago when, before you started? Um, I think one of the biggest differences I see is my relationships with other people in my life. Okay. Um, being able to set boundaries has allowed me to have way more compassion for the people in my life. Um, I prior to recovery and even early on in recovery, I felt like it was my job to do, to manage everyone else around me. And it was my job to fix and to, um, yeah, to fix them all, to hold all their emotions, Mm -hmm. to, it was my job to make sure that my children, um, were the best people that they could possibly be. That if they made mistakes, I take it. I took it personally. If there was mistakes in my marriage, it was my my personal responsibility. Um, and so to be able to create boundaries around what it is that I'm willing and not willing to accept has actually allowed me to be so much more compassionate to each each of the people that are really important in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big one. Um, and through that. Actually, on my one-year anniversary, um, I, my daughter and I went and got a tattoo. <laughs> and, okay. Um, but being able to have a conversation with her on that day, more honestly than I've ever been able to have before, because I had been working recovery for a year, and through that, my kids and my family have seen those changes in me. So they have been able to share more with me, not because out of obligation, not out of that they're wanting me to solve it, but because they want to share with me, mm-hmm. which that has been a huge difference in my life recently. Yeah. Um, so being able to be in a very different place with my daughter today as I was a year ago, I mean, it's night and day difference. Um, we had always been close, and then there was a big shakeup. And we were not close. And I wondered prior to entering recovery if we would ever be able to get that back. And we haven't gotten that back, but we've gotten something better back. And that has been amazing to watch that unfold. Um, My sobriety date happens to be on um, National Women's Day. And my sweet 16-year-old son called me on that day to tell me how what an amazing woman I was in his life and proceeded to list all these amazing things which would not have happened a year ago and it's not props to me it's not like I'm an amazing person it 
is props to recovery and how recovery changes people and allows like through recovery I was all I allowed him to be more in my in my heart mm-hmm. and he in turn has been able to allow me into more into his life and what is really going on with him mm-hmm. and that neither one of those two relationships would have ever been able I don't think to happen without recovery um I think another big one for me is just the inner peace that I feel um being able to own and accept my own reality versus what I think other people are doing wrong Mm -hmm. and to recognize where owning my stories and the stories I'm telling myself um and being able to own that gives me the sense of peace that it's not I'm not the victim I'm not these things just didn't happen to me that I created a lot of these things has just there's just so much peace because I don't have to hold on to the resentments of right this person did this to me and this person did this to me because I can look and say well yeah that person did that to me and I also did this um one of my very favorite sayings right now is um there isn't a behavior you wouldn't understand if you didn't have more information Mm -hmm. and there I feel like I have more information now about why I do things and why other people do things and so I might not understand their behavior but I understand that they're hurting and they're acting out of hurt or that I'm hurting and I'm acting out of hurt um, or that's how I had acted in the past and so there's much more compassion much more grace um, and I think prior to recovery, I was really smiley, happy from the outside. I looked so (laughs) put together. Yeah. And that was all on the surface. And inside, I realized how much anger was just eating me alive. You still look put together, by the way. (laughs) But it's from a more authentic place. Yes, it is very authentic. Yeah. So. Feels a lot different. Yes, it does. Yeah. So do, you know, when you mentioned like both of those conversations you had with your children, do your children know about your addiction? Um, all of my children know about my alcohol and drug abuse. Okay. Um, they all know I come to meetings. Um, actually, on my sobriety days, I actually was able to share with my oldest daughter really what I was actually doing. I think she kind of had an idea prior to, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I was really able to share with her about what I'm really doing here and why I was led here and um, what it means in my life. Uh, So, and my son knows a decent amount. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that's that's about how much they know. Yeah, yeah, no, it's okay. My little ones are only 12 and, and 9, and so I think it's a little too much information for them. Yeah understandable thank you for sharing so much of your story with us today and i'm excited to hear more and more and i'm sure our readers are too and our listeners are as you continue to blog um so i wanted to talk for just a real quick second before we end here on your decision to blog on um i know i approached you a few months ago i've been 
just praying and really trying to figure out in the universe, like, what's the next step for worth recovery and how can we reach, you know, additional um, readers, listeners, you know, how can we get more women involved in this whole idea of being worth recovery, that we as women are worth recovery, whatever that recovery looks like. And, uh, and so I just felt really led to, you know, to talk to you about that and really what, what your thoughts and ideas would be. And one of the things we discussed was you blogging and I, um, and you wanted to and agreed to do that. And so I just wanted to give you a chance, like why, you know, what's behind that? Why do you want to blog and, and how's it going for you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Put you on the spot there with that question. Um, what's interesting to me is that um, before you had ever talked to me, there were just a few things I had kind of thought that I wanted to do. It was just kind of the seed that had been planted in my head. And one of them was blogging. And so I had just kind of set up this own blog account that was just private. It was just me. It was just a way to get my thoughts down in a different format than on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had been doing that just for myself for several months. And did um, you ever go on public with oh, that? Oh, no, no, no. no it's just Never you. planning on ever going public. <laughs> um, it was just really a way to kind of keep my, my, to be able to write down, but keep it safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the only one who had the passwords to this place. I mean, to this. So it was, a safety part for me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you first approached me, that terrified me because these were my thoughts. This is like, this was for me. This was for me. This is therapeutic for me. Um, right. And then I started reading over some of them and I thought, well, I guess I'll just have blind faith that if this is important to me and it helps me, it might help someone else. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't help anybody else, that's okay for me too, because what's most therapeutic for me is to actually write it for myself. Yeah. So. I know I feel that way about podcasting. (laughs) At first I was like, no, like this is ridiculous. Like who's going to want to listen to? And it's just for me. And, and, and then it's taken on the life of its own where it's very cathartic, therapeutic, helpful for me to verbalize all of these thoughts going on in my head, right? And to just put them out there for people to to see if it resonates. And I've been fortunate that it does, you know, that people have been able to connect with that. Yeah. I know we've had a lot of people be able to connect with your words, a lot of comments about things and a lot of people looking at the blog and that kind of stuff. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. And excited for you to continue. Well, thanks. Yeah. And Shannon also runs our Instagram account. True. You can find us on Instagram and does most of our Facebook work, which is awesome too. Yeah. So any last parting words for our audience? Anything you want to share or say that we didn't say or anything about yourself that you want to, you know, put out there or anything like that? Um, no, I don't think so. I think the Biggest okay. takeaway for me is just that you are worth recovery. <laughs> that um, I have been in places where I feel like I have not been worth it, and um, holding on to your words that have said that I am has 
really helped me. And if that can be passed down to somebody else, I hope that they hear that too. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank Thanks. you. Thank yeah. you. I'm so grateful for Shannon and for her willingness to share so much of herself with us. I, I hope this, that you can relate to some part of that, um, whether you have children, whether you're struggling with another fellowship and need to find something else that works for you, whether you're new or have been in recovery for a while. I think there's aspects of Shannon's story that we can all relate to. I'm grateful for her support and her friendship in my own personal life. And I'm grateful that she's willing to share so much of that with us through the blog. So get online, uh, www.worthrecovery.com and look for the blog ask, the blog tab. It's in the top right-hand corner and read about Shannon's experiences and share your comments. Share back with her about the things that you learned while you're reading. I'm really grateful for her and I'm excited for this new journey that the two of us are taking together. So before we close today, and as always, I just want, I hope that you remember, and I want to remind you that you are worth recovery. No matter what is going on in your life, no matter how shameful you feel, no matter what's happening around you, what others are saying or doing or not saying or doing, you are worth recovery. 100% worth it. I believe in you. I know that. And if you don't believe in that in yourself, then you can just trust me that I know that that is true. And hold on to my words until you get there yourself. Keep up this fight. I know it's hard, ladies. I know it's difficult. I've been there. I am there. And I know it can be hard. But keep it up. Don't forget, you can support Worth Recovery by being a Worth Warrior. If this podcast has helped you even just a little bit, if you think it's 50, worth 50 cents, get online and join the Worth Warriors. And shout out to all the Worth Warriors out there who help to keep this podcast free for all women in recovery. All the details are on the website, worthrecovery.com. Read the blog. Join us in July for our event in Washington. And we have so many great things coming down the pipeline. I'm really excited about it. I want you to remember that I think about you, I pray for you, and I love you. Until next time, Amy. stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.